Vet 24-7 is proud to present Said by Dr. Ed. Vet 24-7, visit your local vet whenever, wherever. Hello, I'm Dr. Ed of Vet 24-7. I'm here to introduce you to some of America's greatest veterinarians. We'll ask these veterinarians to provide expertise on topics that matter to you and your pets. We'll explore helpful hints and amazing stories. We hope that you enjoy their insights and stories and that they help ensure that your pets stay healthy and happy. One of the most common problems affecting pet owners is itching and scratching pets. Itching and scratching pets can make a pet miserable and the owner miserable, and the effects can be severe. The cause may not be obvious. In previous podcasts, we've talked about fleas, ticks, mites, and mange. Today, we're going to discuss allergies. Today, we're joined by two distinguished veterinarians, Dr. Kanwar Jeet Boparai of Tracy, California, and Dr. Elise Kent of Elite Cat Care in Marina Del Rey, California. How are you doing today, doctors? Good. Doing good, thank you. Very good. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Kent, would you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I am a feline specialist, board certified in feline practice since 1995. I've uh, owned two practices that I started and was medical director of, and I currently operate a house call and concierge medicine practice in Marina Del Rey, and I also work out of several clinics in the Southern California area. Thank you, Dr. Kent. Dr. Boparai, please introduce yourself. Sure. I am a 2001 graduate from uh, Ross University, did my undergraduate at UC Davis in animal science. I've been practicing in small animal exclusive practices my entire career, mainly focused dogs, dogs and cats. I've also had some experience doing some emergency work uh, during some relief work that I've done. And I've also had some experience teaching veterinary technology students as well. Thank you, Dr. Boparai. Dr. Boparai, are there symptoms or are there dangers from allergies other than the itchiness and scratchiness? Sure. The uh, the itchiness and scratchiness, that's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg in many cases. A lot of uh, animals, dogs and cats, will end up hurting themselves because they keep scratching even even to the point of uh, causing self-trauma. I use the analogy, oftentimes if you've got a mosquito bite, it just itches like crazy. you got to try your very hardest not to itch it. And sometimes we still itch them to the point where they're not very healthy. Dogs and cats will do the same. They'll, they'll have excoriations or they actually uh, can cause uh, bleeding. Um, this can also, the inflammation and the self-trauma can also lead to secondary infections as well, often creating pyodermas or skin infections. And oftentimes I'll be presented with animals that have not only allergies as the underlying cause, causing the itchiness, but on top of that, a pyoderma or skin infection. And then that skin infection, basically it complicates the allergic problem. So now you've got to battle two battles at the, you've got to fight two battles at the same time. And it can make controlling your allergies much more difficult. So treating the infection is, is very important, and oftentimes you won't have success until you get the infection under control. 
in cats, some of the secondary problems we see are they're licking and pulling their hair out so extensively that they get more hairballs. So that they will see vomiting as a component of allergic skin disease in cats, or they become overly aggressive about grooming. We actually give it a name. We call it neurodermatitis, which means maybe I only had one flea bite or a mild flea allergy, which was treated, but if I'm a cat, I'm just going to lick there because I've been licking there. You know, it's like a habit. And so they can remove most of their hair on their trunk, on their belly. They'll just barber it all off and they won't stop. And at times we have to put an Elizabethan collar on them just so they won't self-traumatize. Or we need to even sometimes put them on anti-anxiety medication or homeopathic calming medication to stop that habitual cycle of, of licking and, and pulling out there. Thank you, Dr. Kent. Dr. Bopri, what's the prognosis for most allergies? Well, the prognosis can vary. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. It depends on the severity. depends on the underlying cause. And a lot of it depends upon the owner's commitment toward working through a, a management plan. If you have one case that's basically a flea allergy dermatitis and the owners are not using flea control and those often have a very good prognosis with symptomatic care and proper flea control. A lot of times those will resolve. If you have a chronic case of food and airborne allergies with a complicating pyoderma or skin infection on top of it, that can take a lot longer to work through and the chances of reoccurrence or lifelong therapy are much higher. I think too, maybe a different... Uh, just suggesting that perhaps the difference in dogs versus cats is that we can put cats on certain corticosteroids like prednisolone, and they can tolerate it quite well, oral prednisolone, whereas dogs, isn't it true that they will have more likelihood of liver, potentially damage to the liver, or development of certain disorders like Cushing's disease from having to use corticosteroids in these more chronic allergic cases? Is that true? Yes, that is a concern when we have these chronic cases that we want to limit the the long-term use of steroids. And oftentimes clients understand that I want to minimize use of steroids as well. Uh, the liver can be affected. Um, dogs that have to be on long-term steroids, we you know will monitor liver values. I tend to use a, a drug called Temeral P. It's uh, trimeprazine and prednisone together. The way I sort of word it with clients is if we use an antihistamine and steroid combined in one, I can get away with a little less steroid. I had good success with that. There's some newer drugs on the market. Um, Apoquel is a very new one. Uh, I haven't used it too much yet in practice, but I've heard very good things. Uh, the supply has been somewhat limited. So there are challenges with steroids as far as uh, long-term effects. A lot of times they'll it'll cause increased thirst, therefore increased urination in dogs, increased appetite. That's a concern. And another thing we have to be careful about with steroids is we can't stop them cold turkey. We have to taper the dose down. So it's very important that clients are committed to that as well. Mm-hmm. With cats, as long as we check a couple of things, um, they don't have, tend to have the liver changes that dogs do with just low dose, alternate day, prednisolone like we use in cats. But the danger comes from cats who already are at risk for either heart disease or diabetes. And in the past, with feline practitioners, 
we didn't really understand those risks so well, say 20 years and more ago. And so, you know, we were using a lot of slow-release repositol steroids called Depomedrol. And once you give that shot, it, it stays in the body for three to four weeks. And for people that, that didn't have success in giving pills, at that time we didn't really make liquid, liquid prednisolone very much. We didn't have custom compounding. We didn't have transdermal creams. So people would come in and repeatedly get these long-acting shots, and over time their cats would become diabetic. Or if they had an underlying heart disease that was undetected, the long-acting corticosteroids could cause them to go into fulminating heart failure. They would, within 24 hours, retain fluid in their lungs, and it was an emergency. So even though those instances aren't real common, especially the heart disease implication, we no longer use slow-release corticosteroids at all. Try to use daily just for a very few days till the symptoms are controlled and then taper to every other and every third day as quickly as we can. And we don't keep any of the long-acting corticosteroids in our house call kit or in the clinic. Thank you, Dr. Kent. Today we've been talking about a common problem affecting pet owners and their pets, itching and scratching caused by allergies. We were, we were fortunate to have Dr. Kanwar Jeet Boparai of Tracy, California, and Dr. Elise Kent of Elite Cat Care, Marina Del Rey, California. Our doctors relayed to us regarding allergies, the pre- prevalence of flea allergies, a variety of food allergies, and other skin pests. They described the importance of appropriate flea control, appropriate skin scraping or skin testing, even potentially allergy testing for various foods or other airborne aller- allergens that may affect your pets. Doctors, we thank you very much for joining us and sharing your expertise today. Thank you very much. Thank you.